2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We're Rolling Audio here today in episode 339 of The Hotter Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I have a rather fun episode for you here today. I try to every single week right here on The Hotter Show. I sit down with the newly crowned Chinlock Wrestling Kale Murphy Memorial Champion, Danny franchise and we cover a ton of ground ranging from where his love of wrestling came from his favorite wrestlers uh his time backyard wrestling and we use that uh, with quotations of course his time training his work over the years in ontario his recent victory against jesse mack at shinlock comeback for the kale murphy memorial championship his love of music some of his favorite matches and so much more a lot of fun hope that you guys stick around for the entire episode because it is well worth it danny was a fantastic guest before we jump in i of course need to give a humongous shout out shout out to everybody who supported last week's episode of the show my chat with vincent b davis from out of the ashes that was a really fun chat and i really am actually really proud of my interviewing <laughs> on that episode which i'm my own harshest critic i will admit so the fact that i'm really happy with something Go check it out if you haven't. He was a fantastic guest, but also I think we just, the conversation just flowed so well. And I think I was, I was firing on all cylinders and just, I'm really proud of that episode. So go check it out and check out Out of the Ashes because it is a phenomenal uh, horror fiction podcast. And I'm very proud of this episode, my chat with the one and only Danny franchise. Let's get into it. gentlemen my guest today is fresh off his victory at chinlock comeback against jesse mack the new kale murphy memorial champion danny franchise i don't want to do it very loud because this is like a very like loud mic but hey you know the thing where you're like hey but like i don't want to do it too loud <laughs> I think oh, I clipped. Shit. It's fine. <laughs> Danny, what's up, brother? How you doing? Oh, I am doing fantastic. Uh, thank you, sir, for having me on this show. Uh, I hope it does not mark uh, a, a a marked downhill in terms of your popularity, <laughs> sir, because in terms of guests, you're getting near the bottom of the barrel. If you're reaching out to me, sir, there is no hope. It's uh, we, we have already lost, as Obi-Wan Kenobi says. We've already lost. Shout out to Obi Wan Kenobi, but no, man. Listen, I've wanted to have you on for a while. Like we, you were. I I always say this, and I I don't know if I said this on you yet, but I'm going to say it here. At one of the first Chinlock shows I was at, you were one of the first guys that went out of your way to come up and say hello to me, and you were so nice. And I already was a fan of yours, but I was like, you know what? On on top of being a superb talent in the ring, this Danny franchise guy is—he's he's a nice guy. So yeah. thank you. I, never I appreciate like that. that. Man. <laughs> I, yeah, really. And then you get to know me, and it's like, oh, oh it's Jesus, a prick, guy, so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's a reason he's and he's an match, idiot yeah. to boot. Did you know, listeners? Did you know uh, that there's a button on your laptop that turns your webcam on and off despite the settings? Because guess what? <laughs> I didn't until about. 
45 minutes ago when TJ and I got on the air and I spent 20 minutes figuring out why my webcam wasn't working when there's a gosh darn button on my laptop that says, yo, this turns the webcam on and off. It's bull crap. It's bull well, now you know. And now you know. If you don't know. Now you know. Now you know. I should let That's you finish. My shirt <laughs> <laughs> Danny franchise t-shirts. They're fantastic. Uh, mm. I recommend everyone picking one up. But this I, is, I, this I is wear it to bed man. all the time, and that's why my wife hates me. Um, <laughs> so you're saying she doesn't put you over? It's a t-shirt with my face on it. You know what's that? Sorry. So you're saying she doesn't put you over? When when it happens, sir, three minutes tops. Entrance is in. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. This show oh. got very R-rated very quick. Oh my goodness, that is that that that's including the entrances and and that's, the post-match interview, right? No, yeah, yeah. No interviews after that performance. <laughs> it's like baseball when the Blue Jays lose, they don't get interviews or anything. They just go back to the dugout and they're all dejected and shit. That's that is the description that I'm using for my intimate life. Yes, and this is exactly. <laughs> and why. I am on a podcast, and I have said that. <laughs> Fuck me. Listen, I have never claimed to be anything better myself, but this is why I wanted to have Danny Franchise on because I knew it was going to be fun and just a fantastic time. Obviously, there is a ton of ground that we have to cover. Obviously, as I mentioned already, Cam Murphy Memorial Championship win. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. I want to get into, first and foremost with you, what got you started with wrestling? What was some of the first wrestling that you ever saw? First wrestling of my, so I was in, uh, well, this is ironic actually, because uh, uh, unfortunately this weekend I, I went to the funeral of, uh, of my grandmother who uh, unfortunately passed away. Yeah, I'm really sorry to week. hear that again. Yeah, man. thanks, man. I appreciate that. But uh, we were reminiscing about this the other day. Uh, I was introduced to wrestling at my grandmother's house by my cousin, who's a year older than me. And, uh, and he turned on, I think he had a VHS copy of um, Royal Rumble 1993. And, uh, and he put that in and he fast forwarded to the casket match, uh, or sorry, Royal Rumble 1994, I believe. I, my apologies on that. Uh, Undertaker versus Yokozuna. I think it was 94. Um, and I mean, hindsight being 2020, it was not a very good match, but it was 94, by the way, I looked it up. (laughs) 94. There you are. Um, but the personalities that, were involved in that, right? Like, I mean, you have The Undertaker who just completely blew me away because I had never been so scared yet so intrigued by something. You know what I mean? I was I was five, six years old at this point, right? So I, I was still in that age where it's, you know, oh, I don't know what's real and what's not real, right? Like, I think maybe he's actually dead and he somehow was resurrected by the power of Paul Bearer's urn and stuff, right? Um, but... uh yeah, no, I, I, and and from then on, it just it very quickly became an obsession, almost, right? Like it, it was something that was mine, you know. Like my my brother didn't really have a a lot of wrestling fandom, you know. My dad, his his experience with watching wrestling was like on closed circuit television back, and you know, like he saw WrestleMania three on on pay per view, you know, like that was his big, you know, his big wrestling moment was he saw the Slam live, right? So, but. Other than that, he didn't really. He was like wrestling, man. Like it's you know kind of fake and not really you know it's it's weird, right? It wasn't really his thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it was it was something that I could identify with, and that I, you know, it was it was my own thing that I could 
you know, then take and be like, Hey, this is, you know, something that I identify with. And that's how I ended up frankly with the vast majority of my friends now is, is through wrestling in, in some way, shape or form. So, yeah, that's awesome. It, it's fun to look at, you know, cause it's, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause in my immediate life, I have a couple of friends that like, I mean, we would not be friends if it wasn't for wrestling. And now yeah. it's obviously it's beyond that. Shout out to my man, Mr. Sam Hudson. Uh, you know, out. like I would never have met Sam had it not been for wrestling. Yep. And now I consider him one of my dearest friends and we talk about stuff outside of wrestling. But yep. it's something that I think a lot of a lot of kids can connect on immediately. We mm-hmm. we all we both we love this thing that yeah. is so interesting. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's sport and it's art and it's yeah. entertaining and it's it's but colorful it's not, and wacky. And, it's you know. not for everybody, right? Exactly. It's, it's the same reason people love comic books. It's the same reason people love pro wrestling, to a degree at least. It, it's, it's you know, comic books bring you superheroes and and all sorts of things that, you know, are, are supernatural and, and aren't real. But, you know, somehow for some reason you can believe that some of these things are happening and, and that these superheroes are saving the day at all times. And it's kind of to an extent the same with pro wrestling, you know. Uh, you, you see something and it's a good guy versus a bad guy or whatever it may be, or it's, or it's somebody putting on an athletic show. And it's something that regardless of, you know, the fact that, you know, in the back of your mind that it's, that it is in fact a show and that it's not real, you know, it's, it's still impressive in and of its own right. You know? So I think that uh, going back to identifying with kids in particular, you know, that's why, you know, that, that's why, uh, uh, gimmicks in pro wrestling are so important, just the same as as superheroes in comic books are so important, right? And and their abilities and their identity. It's all about identifying with something and going from there, right? As you said, it, uh, it, it identifies as a part of yourself. And then you're like, oh, if these people like this, that's my people, you know. That was and a there's really more to way it. to say that, but yeah. no, I get, I get what you're saying. And there's more to it than just that. That's why, like, you know, some of my favorite. Well, actually, that's not necessarily true, I guess. One of my favorite wrestlers is Dean Malenko, so there you go. Oh, shit, yeah. um, but a lot of some of the most popular wrestlers, like The Undertaker or yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin, there's more to chew on, so to speak, than just, oh, this guy's a, a – oh, he's a tough SOB. Exactly. It's like, well, he's entertaining. There's he's like, a, he's like a comic book character come to life, some of these people, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of correlation mm-hmm. between – yeah. Wrestling and comics for sure. Steve Austin, I mean, the whole thing with Steve Austin, he would beat the crap out of his boss. Like, that was his whole gimmick for like a year, was he just beat the shit out of Vince McMahon. But who and didn't like, want to do that? But it was po- <laughs> exactly who didn't want to do that, right? Like, any any kid watching that is like, that guy is so cool. I want to drink beer and, and you know, beat the crap out of my teacher because he's an asshole. You know, like that kind of thing. And adult people were like, this guy is a badass. I want to drink a lot of beer and beat the shit out of my boss. So it, it connected with everybody, even though, again, like, you know, damn well, you're not going to go in there and beat the shit out of your boss and not go to jail. You know, <laughs> like, But Stone Cold Steve Austin can do it. But Stone Cold Steve Austin can do it. He got arrested right. once, but he escaped prison and stole a milk truck. That's professional <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> uh, Sorry, beer truck, not milk truck. Beer truck. That was. Yeah, I know. I know where you were. Milk going truck was that. angle. Yes. No, that's it. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Did you have a favorite wrestler from so so when you came into to wrestling, that was like the the 
early 90s kind of era yeah, of yeah, wrestling? Yeah, 93. Right? Ni- well, again, 94. So, I, but I kind of, I started by watching kind of like back into 93, if that made any sense. Right from there, I was like, oh, well, I can get all the stuff from Jumbo Video. There's a reference for you kids who might not have Jumbo Videos anymore. Um, and I would rent like the old, you know, like whatever, 1993 from like WrestleMania. Like they, they would always carry like the pay-per-views. And then they would have a couple of like the best of tapes. Remember Coliseum Video used to put out like those uh, uh, super tapes and all that kind of thing. They were dog shit, but it, I mean, they were better than nothing. Um, so I kind of watched most of this stuff from like kind of 93 first. And I also played WWF Raw on uh, Super Nintendo, which was another big influence for me. So to answer your question about favorite wrestlers, Undertaker was a huge one for sure. Um Owen Hart, I hated, but I loved him. And I couldn't explain that at the time because he was working me. He was such a good heel that he couldn't, you know, like, I, like I'm like, I want to like you, but there's a reason I can't like you. It's because you're a dick. And then I realized that wrestling was a work. And I'm like, oh, shit, he's actually really good at his job. Um, love Bam Bam Bigelow just because he was a goddamn tank. Um, Scott Hall, of course, Razor Ramon. Um, may he rest easy. Like, that guy just... You can't look at the guy and not think that he's cooler than the other side of the goddamn pillow. Like the man just looks super cool. He, he, does, he didn't even have to do anything in the ring. And then it turns out he could work and he could talk. He, he was he was awesome. And he unfortunately never got his due in, in WWF, in my opinion. But that's another that's another story. I don't want to sit here and complain about current product WWE. We don't do that here on the. We don't do show that here anymore. on the hotter show. <laughs> That's not what we do. It's not what we do here on the hotter show. We, we don't hate, We love. <laughs> we just try to spread the love here on the hotter show. Right. <laughs> so, w- would you say that era of wrestling is your favorite? Kind of that. I think they called it like the 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 new generation or something. That like early nineties era. I think. You know, to be honest with you, no. <sighs> My answer may shock some because a lot of people say, well, it's the Attitude Era because, you know, I just went on talking about Steve Austin and Undertaker all that. I liked uh, uh, the generation after that. Like, Thank you. Uh, kind of like 2002. Ruthless like, Aggression Era, brother. The Ruthless Aggression Era, yes. exactly. Like, so from which in my opinion starts, again, going back to the whole comic book related thing. You start that after WrestleMania 17 because once Austin turns heel, that's the end of the Attitude Era. The man... Ran the Attitude Era, that's the end of it right there. So you go uh, the Raw after WrestleMania 17 to, I think it cuts off like 2005-ish, I think. 2006, early 2006, and that starts getting into shit again, But in my opinion. But, that, but you had so many great talents come up in that time. You had so many great matches in that time. Um, I mean, an elephant in the room was, of course, Chris Benoit, who – right terrible piece of shit garbage human being but you know you like at deny, the time you can't yeah. deny that he that he was an in-ring talent even though he's a piece of shit um uh triple h at his juiced steroid prime even though he was a title mark guy uh <laughs> still can't deny like see I, i'm a big triple h fan again yeah even he, though I he know, was very talented you know, yes. you know. You get you get the point yeah. though. There were so many great talents. Randy Orton was coming up, and Eddie Guerrero, hungry Eddie Guerrero, who yeah. again, that's one guy who I should have mentioned when I mentioned my favorite wrestlers of all time because he's Eddie Goddamn Guerrero. Um, yeah, I was just just a great time, and and not that the Attitude Era was was poor. Of course it wasn't, but 
just looking back on it a bit more, I think uh, Attitude Era was was very. The kids nowadays would call it chuggy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's if not. You, it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's not what I would say, but the kids nowadays right. would call it chuggy. Like it's it's. In hindsight, it's sort of like, all right, well, some of the stuff there, first of all, you couldn't get away with that today. And even if you could, maybe not. A Would good you idea. want to? That's exactly. My whole thing with the attitude, because like I, so I came in like my introduction to wrestling, like I was really, really young when I first saw wrestling, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, oh, all Yo, that shit, yeah. you know, but I was really, really Tough young. Guy. Yeah. yeah. But my introduction was really uh wwf no mercy okay really the video was game my well actually technically it was wrestlemania 2000 but really no mercy was what nope no mercy what took wwf yeah. 2000 and perfected it just made it a little sp- spicy you just know? just a little extra spicy. A little, a little bit of extra sauce on that yeah, yeah we both were thinking, the same, thinking yeah. the same thing food references but so for me like that like late 90s 2000s that was more my yeah. shit but as i became a teenager and started to really understand and love just like the art form of professional wrestling like for me that late same with i mean i'm the same with music that 2000s mid 2000s mm-hmm. era of music and wrestling for me is just like you can't beat it. You look at some of the talent that was coming up there. Some of the talent that was, yes, they were nearing the end of their road, but they still had something to offer. Mm-hmm. The unsung heroes of that era, like now, yeah. a lot of those guys are, you know, they're even now like they're retiring and they're moving on. And, you know, we went through that. We didn't even mention Shawn Michaels, which, yes. in my opinion, those years were better than his original run. I agree. Like, I think. Yeah. I think if you compare 2002 to whenever the hell he retired, Shawn Michaels to Shawn Michaels before that, you have a better overall worker there than in the 90s. I still attest that, and I get in this argument with a buddy of mine all the time. We we talk about some of his best matches, and I say one of his most underrated matches, and this isn't isn't a super unpopular opinion now. A lot of people agree with me when I say this. His match at WrestleMania 2005 – Against Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. The greatest was, wrestling match yes. of all goddamn like, time. Fight I remember, me. I remember watching that match as a young – like I, I was I was like – I was like I was in grade eight, something mm-hmm. like that. And like at this point, I was like, I want to be a wrestler. Like, I, wanna, I remember mm-hmm. watching that match. I'm sitting with my old man who was kind of like a, a casual fan. Mm-hmm. And I turned to him and I went, like, that was a goddamn clinic. Yep. Like, and even he was like, holy shit, that was like, <laughs> here's the it, deal it though. It's just so good. Watch that match back, right? So I, I agree with you 100%, right? That is in my my personal favorite match of all time. And I swear to God, I'm not just saying it on this podcast. You can ask <laughs> any of my close friends and they will tell you for a fact That's that awesome. it is my favorite match of all time. Um, the thing about that match, the big spots and, and the things that they did. There, there wasn't anything too, too crazy that they did in there. They just sold it and they sold emotion, right? Like the last, you know, seven, 10 minutes of the match, I think there's like two or three sweet chin musics and they sell that shit for like forever. There's an ankle lock. They sell that forever. There's a spot where they reverse and yada, yada, yada. And then there's the, there's the finish, which lasts a good two minutes. And then Shawn Michaels finally taps out is like, it's, they didn't do anything 
crazy. You know what I mean? It wasn't a big spot fest where it's like, oh my God, this guy got dropped on his head. It was storytelling, but like it just, it drew you in so much that that was like, you know what? That was an excellent wrestling match. And it absolutely was. Right. And that's, I think at the end of the day, like, what gets as much as don't get me wrong i like i'm a very i mean like i mentioned earlier dean malenko is my number two because i as much as he was a fantastic storyteller what drew me to him was his technical prowess you knew by like you're looking at him going that fucking guy can go and sorry sorry, go ahead i'm just gonna say as much as i i love really like but then matt hardy's my number one Okay. Yeah. Even before he was broken. So like, you know, (laughs) and then he was broken and now I'm like, holy God. So it's like, (laughs) I love like Matt Hardy V1. Like that's my shit, man. Yeah. So I love a good character. Mm -hmm. And even now some of my favorite characters in wrestling and like, I'm a big Danhausen fan and like, you know, the, even like Chinlock wrestling. I like Danny franchise. I like people like that. Like you have a character to give me. You're like Alexi, you're like Alexi Oromov, right? Right. It's it's the same deal. And I mean, I don't want to say a shoot name on the air, but he's a great guy and like a fantastic dude. And, but he's clearly, clearly been putting the work in, but you see him in the ring and it's like, it's, it's before the bell even rings, you know what he's all about. You know what he's about to do he's you know he's the russian guy and he's got you know the hairy back and all that and it's you know like that kind of thing he automatically like to a lot of kids and especially it's what we talked about right the connection with kids and all that to a lot of kids you don't have to do anything after that right <laughs> it's, it's kids see that and it's like i love this guy i don't care what he does from here on in and that's my guy you know and that's been the case with a lot of top name wrestlers as well right that's how people well i mean not everybody but that's how a lot of people get over <laughs> you you had a thought when I had mentioned uh, I didn't mean to cut you off when I mentioned uh, Dean Malenko there. No, sorry. Yeah, uh, I, I get Dean Malenko does not get the love that he gets because like people are like, oh well, he didn't cut a good promo and then he wasn't really an emotional guy. He didn't sell the emotion, to which I say bullshit. Because if you watch that guy, every single move that he does, like even throughout his entrance, where he's like, you know messing with his wrist tape and all that. Like he's just walking down the ring, but like he looks like he's getting ready either for a fight or like he's nervous about something, you know, like half the time you look at him is like, Oh my God, this guy is scared. Like he's not scared, but you know, he's trying to hype himself into, to, to getting into a fight. Right. And it's, that's not, if that's not emotion, TJ, I don't know what is. Right. And the thing is too, is what a lot of people don't know is like he is a like he's a you ever like listen to him on like a podcast like you ever listen to him on like talk as jericho or anything you know what i don't think i have you, i should you remedy should that go out of your way i should remedy that because he is not like the eddie guerrero tribute episodes or anything because as much as those are fantastic just him just backstage dean malenko when he's just having a good time mm-hmm. he is one of the funniest fucking guys i've ever heard right and just <laughs> he's amazing but like we got a lot of love for yeah. here on this podcast that's right um, the man of a thousand, man of a thousand holds. holds baby the ice man <laughs> I, I think for me like and, I, and i'm sure from what i've learned about you uh, with your wrestling and that like <laughs> it's important to have a character and, and you can tell when i find that like when i look at if i look at a wrestler whether it's independent show or it's a, a new product i'm checking out if i'm looking at you and i'm going i believe you what you're doing, 
I can suspend my disbelief and have fun. Yeah. Something I pride myself on and let things go. And uh, mm-hmm. okay, they're telling a story here, folks. Let's yep. just relax and not go on the internet immediately and shit on everything. Let's just yep. relax. And if I can look at you and go, man, you believe what you're doing. You love what you're doing. Those yep. are the people I find that I'm like, I really am drawn to. And when I'm watching a match, that's what I find myself. That's what I, I am drawn to. Do you find the same? And is there was there any particular match starting to kind of get into your your career here? Was there any particular matches that you remember watching and you were like, holy shit, I want to do that? Good question. Well, I mean, again, that that Shawn Michaels Kurt Angle match was was that's again, that's kind of a good, that's start, a good one, right? <laughs> um well, again, a lot of Scott Hall stuff was – so I, I, to be honest, I never – until I – basically until I started training, there was never a time where I thought – where I'm like, oh, yeah, I can be a wrestler and I want to be like that guy, right? Because like I just I, – I didn't honestly think that I could do it, right? Like it was just never a reality because like, well, I'd have to move to Toronto or Vancouver or whatever and I'd have to do this and I'd have to do that and I'm not big enough. And so that thought process – didn't really enter my mind, but I did. I do remember watching Scott Hall matches again in, in particular and just seeing the way that he worked. And then I kind of started, and again, this is before I, I started training and really focusing on, on the art, the art form of professional wrestling, but j- he would do like the same kind of moves, right. in every match, right. He'd do the followaway slam. And of course everybody had their finisher, but he would do, you know, he'd have his followaway slam and, you know, he'd do, you know, his punches a certain way and he'd end with a clothesline and, you know, he'd go to a corner and give a guy a big clothes, you know, like he would do certain things in a certain way. And I, I, I come from an acting background. I've, I've been acting and performing on stage since I was about, again, six, seven years old. And I'm like, well, what is like, so if this is choreographed and again, I say choreographed, but that was, I was thinking at the time, if this is, if this is something that is, is predetermined and this guy seems to be doing basically the same thing every time, you know, how, how is that so much different from what I'm doing? So that was when it kind of started thinking like, okay, well, okay. So it is like acting in a way, but I'm still not, you know, big enough for jacked up enough or whatever. So yeah, uh, Scott, Scott Hall was a big one. And again, as I got older, um, yeah, again, Eddie Guerrero was a big influence for sure. Not, Again, I could never dream of of even coming close to having any remote technical ability close to Eddie Guerrero, but just the way that he was so impassionate in his promos and, and the way that he spoke in his promos and and how he um and, and how he how he got his character over. Again, it would just it it seriously impressed me. And again, it's like, well, I mean, this is this is really not too far of a leap from acting. And then uh, Dwayne Johnson became famous, so I'm like, well shit. <laughs> well, if Dwayne Johnson can do it, why can't yeah. Danny franchise? If the richest guy in the world can do it, why not me? <laughs> We're basically the same guy. Especially when it comes to the looks department, let's be real. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. People yeah. say, uh, when I sweat, I look very similar to Mark Wahlberg. I mean, there's a compliment, you yeah. know. Mark Depending Mark. on who you ask, I guess. Uh, Good vibrations. <laughs> Next question, TJ. Oh my goodness, no dead air great. on this podcast. This is great. No bitching about WWE. 
No picture or of a, especially no bit well, you know, we 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 have respect for CJ Felony on this podcast, but we're but also, you know, the, he, he's also a goof. But we're not gonna talk about that because he's I'm beautiful. curious. Where did Danny Franchise do his training, and how was that overall experience? Walk me through it. <laughs> well, there you go. So I was trained by CJ Felony and Sean McMillan at uh, the OCW Academy. Uh, I'll get the elephant out of the room. There was a third person involved in my training as well, Harley Davison. Um, <laughs> uh, well, that's that's as much as I'll acknowledge that. Um but yeah, I, I trained at the OCW Academy and uh, uh, along with Adam Keaton, who, who again, I, I, he's responsible for, for basically getting my, for, for getting my ass into the training school in the first place. So everybody who hates me, you have Adam to blame for that. Um, along with uh, Catalyst, who I love and, and I hope to see very soon. Uh, yeah, that's, that's where I started. Uh, in Kingston, Ontario, we had this uh, little uh, converted... I guess it was a converted bingo hall, not to sound all ECW and shit, but it used to be a bingo hall and then it became like a sports complex thing. And uh, we had a ring set up in the basement. It used to be, oh God, I forget what promotion used to use it, but the canvas even had like their name on it. I forget, I forget what promotion it was at the moment, but uh, yeah, just this crappy dusty beat up basement and you know i'd tag my feet on taking suplexes and stuff like that and it was a sweat box like i remember like in the winter because again didn't have any heat so in the winter we would train and like you would see steam rising up from our bodies because we'd be sweating but like it was cold in the basement so that was that was an experience sounds like the dungeon <laughs> it was, uh, but instead uh, of wasn't, heart, wasn't, you're dealing wasn't with CJ no heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God, let me go. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe if you uh, in there, uh, we can uh, book that uh, book Jim Neidhart, yeah, the big anvil, big bastard, big bastard. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Someone listens to Grilling Jr. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh. That is fantastic. Were you prepared for just how much work it was going to be training and how much really, just to be honest, it was going to hurt <laughs> when you got in that ring? It's funny to a degree. Yes. Um, like by that point, I, I had, again, I, I was like a, like a pro wrestling super fan. So I, I knew how the rings were put together. I knew I, I had, uh, I had like, tagged along at a few indie shows and helped put up the ring and, and, you know, I kind of seen like the backstage area and seen how guys put together matches and, and that kind of thing. So I did have to a degree an idea of what it was going to be like. Um, I do remember the ropes running the ropes hurt a lot more than I was expecting. That was the second thing that I learned. Uh, first thing that I learned was uh collar and elbow tie up. Me and Justin did collar and elbow tie ups. Um, and I was the shits at them. I just could not get my arms. Like my arms were just too straight the entire time. Like it looked like I was going in for a hug or something like that, as opposed to, you know, looking to fight a guy. I'm still the shits at it, but at least like, you know, it's not like the, the Yeti from WCW. Um, <laughs> the Yeti. The Yeti. The greatest night in the history of our sport. <laughs> the greatest um, night in the history of our great sport. <laughs> yes. You're going to quote the great uh, Tony Schiavone. You got to make sure you get it right, brother. That's right. Of course. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so uh, Colorado and I was for the first night. Ropes were, I think, the second night, and and that was that was an experience because I remember having there were bruises all up and down my back, like all in like my armpits and like my my tricep area because just wrestling ring ropes I get for the most part, and and there are there are differences between ropes, but for the most part they're cable surrounded by plastic tubing essentially, so it's it hurts, you know <laughs> that I wasn't prepared for. Um, yeah, again, I knew bumps were going to hurt. I, I definitely, um, I would have treated my body differently. I think maybe if I had, I would have, I would have taken care of myself a bit more because I, I was at the time, like, you know, really, really kind of hurting myself for no good reason. Right. I, I was not, you know, doing things the way that I should have been doing them, but there it is. Well, I think that comes with time and for you, did you ever, it, it's kind of, I guess, an unpopular thing to ask mm-hmm. uh, some people, but did you ever like do any like backyard wrestling with <laughs> your boys and stuff like that back in the day yeah, when you were yeah. younger? Or what's I'll, I'll up, be like? straight. Well, yeah, I did. So, um, well, that's, that's how I met. Well, again, it's, it's to a degree, it's how I met some of the people that would eventually lead me towards independent wrestling and, and to this day are, are extremely close friends of mine. And a lot of them are still very involved in, in the independent scene. Um, uh, in about 2003, I started backyard wrestling. Now I feel it's important to, to make a distinction here because there's, so when people say backyard wrestling, I think a lot of people automatically get the impression that it's, untrained kids in literally someone's backyard with light tubes and thumbtacks yeah, and all that kind asking. of shit. That's not what we're talking about. That's not, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not what, what I did. Um, there were, so, okay. How I started in like 2003, I would have been about two, 15, 16 years old was again through, through theater. Uh, I met a guy, uh, uh, shout out to Kevin Williams. Uh, I was wearing a WrestleMania shirt cause I had went to WrestleMania that year, WrestleMania 18. And he's like, Oh, well this friend of mine, uh, the runs, uh, runs like a backyard wrestling thing. And, and they ran out of this park in Kingston, uh, Woodbine park. Um, and I went there and it's literally like these crappy, like $2 Canadian tire ropes, like just like the nylon, like, yay big like not even a quarter inch thick ropes tied around a fence and then like it made like sort of like this weird not even ring it was like not a square it was more like an oval but like it worked and that was our ring and we had you know we had a vhs camera right like one of those giant things where you put the tape right in you put the vhs tape right in so you didn't have to transfer or anything and we we recorded all these shows and i mean (laughs) They were terrible in hindsight. They were, but at the same time, it was some of the most formative memories of my life. And and I made some incredible friendships out of that that last to this day. And again, I, I think without that experience, I, again, that was that was that that helped me build confidence where it's like, okay, well, I went from, as I said, there's no gosh darn way I could ever do this and and why even try to well, okay, I did this. And I mean, I didn't kill myself, you know, like it's, it's not that bad. So maybe I can, you know, try the independent thing and work a few matches with my friends and then that'll be that. Right. So it was, it was a big, uh, it was a pivotal time in my life for sure. Tell me those tapes still exist. 
I think some of them still do. So (laughs) again, I I don't want to call him out on the show because I don't know if he'd appreciate it, but we had this guy who literally, he took the VHS tapes of, of, of this stuff that we did and he converted them into DVD, right? We, we stopped doing all this backyard stuff around like 2005 ish, mid 2005. So he took all the VHS tapes we had and like, he redid them in DVD format. Now, again, this is when like making DVDs was still kind of in its infancy. So like some of them like skipped and all that kind of thing, but that's not his fault. It's technology. Uh, but like, I, I still have copies of those. They don't work the greatest. Cause again, it's like CDR or R's or whatever, but, and again, they shouldn't see the light of day anyway, but I, I do have them as, as keepsakes, right. Uh, uh, just, to, just to say I have them really going to come at you with that hog so exclusive Danny Franchise first match oh so yeah mm-hmm. who who doesn't want to see uh, uh Danny uh, sorry Dan the man Ferreira versus Sean CKY Lawless <laughs> that's great well, shout out to Sean Lawless who I haven't fantastic. seen in 20 years it's a great gimmick I like Sean it Sean CKY I guess want to take a guess what his entrance music was 96 quite bitter beings by CKY <laughs> well of course that makes it this makes sense <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk talking on that backyard wrestling thing there for a minute before we move on did you i mean it was cool that at least you guys had like a ring you know me yeah and boys didn't even have oh, a ring yeah a it, was, it was the so, grass yeah. <laughs> it was grass and some ropes what was the uh what was the worst like backyard bump you ever took is there anything you look back on and you're like how the hell did i not hurt myself worst or stupidest Either <laughs> or depending on your point of view stupidest uh, uh, stupidest was I went through a table. And it's like, why? Well, it wasn't a table; it was a door. Oh, and it's like goodness. it was. It wasn't so much like going through it that was the problem. Like that's not it. It's more like, why am I doing this for ten people? You know, like you know, like again, hindsight, right? Like hindsight being twenty twenty. Ten like, people. That's a sellout. Jesus. No, exactly. Right. It's <laughs> like I do. I do that at a chinlock show anytime. Hint, hint, Jen Murphy. For the love of God, book me in a hardcore match. But um, uh. But yeah, so I was like, well, I mean, maybe not really the smartest thing to do. Um, worst in terms of hurting myself. To be honest with you, like there were there were never any times that I ever did anything that I felt in any real danger. Um, again, like we we weren't you know trying to trying to change the world with professional. We weren't trying to be like Omega or anything like that. We were a bunch of dipshits at Woodbine Park in Kingston, Ontario, which we renamed Unsafeco Field because uh, a Safeco Field hosted WrestleMania, so we had Unsafeco Field. Um it was oh. it was, you know, it was what it was. It was it was a bunch of a bunch of friends having fun and and that's how I like to remember my teenage years. So that's it, man. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Exactly. But talk it. We joked about your, you know, your first match, but as far as your first actual, you know, wrestling match in mm-hmm. a in a legit ring, yes. where, when was that match and who was it against? Do you remember? <laughs> so I was so at the time, the idea was I was gonna be the chameleon Danny franchise, right? I wasn't gonna have like the F bomb and, and that whole thing in the A. I was just gonna impersonate other wrestlers. Right. I, I was going to uh, eventually get around like Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan and all that kind of thing. But I was starting with wrestlers right there in, Ontario, on, in Ontario Championship Wrestling. So I started with one CJ Felony. So CJ Felony, for, for those who are who are newer fans of him over the past like few years, he used to have 
he used to be masked. First of all, he had a mask and he had like an orange jumpsuit uh, complete with like military boots like that hurt like hell getting kicked with. Uh, and, you know, that that was his that was his gimmick for a while. But at that time, he was undergoing a well, I guess a gimmick change and, and he, he had ditched the mask and all that. So we figured, OK, why don't we dress me up as CJ felony? And uh, and I was put in a triple threat with uh, Sean McMillan, pre big Shug Sean McMillan. And uh, the Shocker, who uh, who is now KL Shock, and it was a triple threat match. Um, I don't remember a ton about it. I remember it being like very, very kind of uh, uh, it was it was very scripted, right? Like Sean Sean was very, and this was the right call on his part because because we were we were green kids, both myself and, and Shocker at the time. But like he, you know, it was, I remember it being very like, okay, I'm going to do this spot with 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 shock and then you're going to come in and do this spot and I'm going to do this spot. You know, it was, it was very regimented and that's how it worked. Like, I mean, that was, it worked because of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was the first match. And I think, I think I got pinned. I think I took, uh, the, the trouble in paradise from, from Shug. And, uh, and I think that was it. That was my first match. My second match was against Justin himself in a hardcore match which he thought he's like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna surprise Danny, and he's gonna be upset that it's a hardcore match, and he's gonna be, oh, I'm gonna have to take all these bad bumps, and I'm like, yes, kill me, like just beat the shit out of me, like please murder me in the ring, like, <laughs> and he did, and, and that was my second match. A few moments later, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Dance> to you. <laughs> trash can dent in the head oh, exactly geez. well That's... i think that was the finish actually because he used the uh the ddt like the randy orton hanging off the ropes ddt and oh, he did yes. that onto a trash can felt great i loved it felt got over just, it's just i mean you know wrestling's fake right so wrestling's I, fake I, no yeah. way that hurt yeah yeah exactly I, well ask ask cj felony now after uh Chinlock's comeback when he took that trash can shot from one tommy dreamer that was pretty hardcore. I hope you're going to be there on September 10th, TJ Hodder. I hope so. I hope so. At Chinlock Wrestling, uh, whatever the next show is. Rebellion? Revenge. Re- Revenge. Revenge, right, because they used the video game cover, right. Yes. My bad on that one. Yeah, We're September 10th, be there. We're excited about that here on the Hodder Show. <laughs> September 10th, be there, folks. It's going to yeah, be man. a great time. You mentioned someone that I wanted to give a shout-out to because I've seen him work now a few times. Um, big Shug there, man. He is yeah. – uh, I mean, I, I said to him in, in, I just saw him for a second, the last show, but I said, dude, like, it's a pleasure to watch you work, man. And what I meant by that was not necessarily just in the ring, but like just watching him just do his thing with everybody. Yeah. Like yeah. help put stuff together and put things together. And just, he's so smooth. And like just, yeah, I was, I'm a big fan of him, man. He's, you uh, know, he's a is, you know, and, and I'll, I'll say this on, on, on the podcast because I know Sugar said it before. I've had my ups and downs with Sugar, but there is <laughs> I don't know if I've ever met anybody more passionate about the the backstage aspect and the the camaraderie of independent wrestling than Big Sugar. This is a guy who will talk to anyone about anything and just check in on them, see how they're doing, see how their kids are doing. Just shows a lot of love to everybody always up for a conversation he is a wild guy right he is he he has energy 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 and he is someone that if if you're not ready for that you get ready for it real quick when you're around him but i peace 
Shug's just a great guy, man. And and in my opinion, an independent wrestling, like one one of the top independent wrestling old school legends. If I don't want to say old school because that makes everybody sound old, but like I put him up there. I put uh, uh, Dino Benjamin up there and Cheeky. Um, you know, like, in terms of like guys who have been around forever and just constantly been been a help for people in the locker room and po- constantly put on good matches and are just easy to work with and nice to work with and, and nice guys in general. Right. And there's, there's a reason they've, they've had that longevity. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Big yeah I feel long, there are other people I'm not there. shouting out here and I know it and I'm forgetting names and I'm going to be like, I know for a fact, someone's going to be like, Oh fuck. Dare you not mention me or whatever, but there's a bunch of people. Well, CJ Felony, of course, has been around since Christ was a cowboy, but you know, he's CJ Felony. So he's just, you know, he's like that, that one cockroach that just won't, he's a cock. All right. So (laughs) he's got a hammer on him. Anyway, (laughs) we're laughing. That's great. So walk me through just kind of the, I mean, I could sit here and talk to you all night about your, you know, the career that you've had thus far, but kind of just give me and people who aren't super familiar with you, who may be listening, the kind of the cliff notes version of some places that you've worked within the scene here. I'll be straight recently, not a whole lot else other than Jim wrestling. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, yeah. The past few years I've, I've I'm, I'm right now kind of starting to, begin thinking about branching out, but I, I want to get myself back into better physical shape before I do that. Right. I've only had a couple big, uh, I've only had one real match, frankly, since, since the pandemic ended and all that kind of thing. Uh, so I'd like to, you know, get back into, into fighting shape before I do something like that. But, uh, recently it's been mainly chin lock. Um, in the past, uh, I've worked PCW, uh, out of Brockville. I hope they run again real soon. And, Shout outs to uh, to RJ and uh, Matt, aka New Guy. Love those guys. Um, oh yeah, and shout out to uh, uh, the Freak Nation boys as well. They're decent. <laughs> Big shout to the whole PCW they're, crew. They're, they're decent. They're fine. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be honest, man. It's it's been a while since I've worked really anywhere else, but but Chinlog. I worked C four in the past. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've, I've worked in in the past while. To to be sure, to be honest with you. Well, and I mean, it's cool that, to hear that you're kind of, you're getting ready to hopefully maybe do some branching out. That's really exciting. I mean, obviously, yeah. I think it's safe to say that Chinlock Wrestling is uh, is definitely kind of your home. For sure. Uh, for for sure, yes. franchise. That's where That's, you got to go for the I, I prioritize Chinlock. They're, they're, my, they're my home, for sure. For sure. Did you have a, a moment that at all when you are wrestling that was kind of like almost like a pinch me moment? We were just like, holy crap, this is really cool moment. (laughs) You know, what's funny. It was of all times. Oh my God. I can't believe it was. So I, again, this was a, uh, so C4, um, the, the people who run C4 put out a, uh, or they put on, excuse me, a yearly show, uh, dedicated to fighting, uh, cancer for, uh, dedicated to cancer research. Uh, it's dedicated to the memory of, uh, of, uh, Stinky, the homeless guy who was who was a uh, independent worker who who sadly passed away due to cancer many years ago, and and they've done they've done a show ever since. And I used to help out, you know, just kind of help drive people around that kind of thing for the shows, just because I had just moved here to Ottawa and was, you know, trying to get my trying to get my foot in the scene, all that kind of thing. And 
I was I was rewarded. They had a battle royal that they would put on every year, and in one of these years in particular, I was I was put into the battle royal. So it's like, hey, that's great, you know, nice little spot, all that. And I remember getting into the battle royal, and you know, it's it's a typical battle royal. It's just throwing fists and all that kind of thing. And uh, Evil Uno came up to me, and he gave me like a few like chest chops, you know, like a little shove, you know, like the palm strikes, that kind of thing, and and you know, like giving me all that, and you know, working with me and that kind of thing. And I'm like, holy shit. I watched this dude on DVDs like five years ago and now I'm in the ring with him. This is pretty fucked up. You know, <laughs> like that was of, of all times. And I mean, at that point there had been, I, I had been next to, you know, former WWE wrestlers, WWE hall of fame guys, you know, that kind of thing. And I, and I had never really been like, holy shit, this is something I'm actually doing. But like at that point it was like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the same ring as this guy. I think it was more of like, I've, I've reached a level that I didn't think I would ever reach, you know, like being in the ring with like some of these guys that I watched on DVDs, like in, you know, that, that was a cool moment for me, I think. So, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's the thing too, is like, everybody's different, right? You know, someone might be like, Oh, I got to meet so-and-so or whatever. But it's like, when you're in there with someone you have such a respect for, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's something that I think, can be super relatable to people worse just like you know like i'm in there actually having an exchange with this guy you know i think one of my favorite things about battle royals i heard i think it was uh luke gallows or doc gallows whatever his name is now so, yeah uh, you know yeah, yeah battle royals is just a bunch of good brothers exchanging forearms you know it's, <laughs> <laughs> that's forearm, pretty much it forearm, forearm that's pretty much kick, it yeah you, you know, go in there you, get, you do like one or two quick spots just to be like hey i'm in the ring and i'm doing things now and then by that <laughs> time someone else's turn is going to come in because they usually say it's like oh it's one minute or two minutes or whatever but it's like shit you could say it's two minutes and then be like a minute 45 seconds no one's going to tell the goddamn difference like no one's looking at their phone being like that was not two minutes you know, well, like, I mean, I did that at the first Royal Rumble where Bruce Pritchard was back in WWE because I knew goddamn well he was going to pull some of his tomfoolery. So that's right. I sat there with the boys and I'm like, oh, Bruce Pritchard's up to yeah. his old shit. Bruce, Bruce Pritchard's going to fuck on us. <laughs> Bruce Pritchard's going to fuck on me. <laughs> I'm so glad you know that reference. Where's that referee? <laughs> he tried to fuck on me. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice. just puts the headset back on very nice <laughs> classic classic <laughs> stuff so this might be a bit of an unco- uncomfortable question for you danny but i feel like you and i have this rapport now where i can ask yeah, you man. this and you'll know i'm not coming from a place of, of a maliciousness Here when we i go. ask you this but it, it's pretty well documented that danny franchise is very talented but doesn't have the greatest uh win-loss record yeah. in your career uh, and I mean, you know, I, I, I'm now hoping we have turned a corner with that and we're going to get <laughs> Me that too. in a moment, but throughout the years, how have you kind of kept going knowing that, you know, with this reputation that you have? Well, it's, I have, again, I'm, I'm someone that I'm never, I, I know that I'm not ever in terms of athletic ability, ever going to be the most talented guy on the card. You know, there's, there's, there are so many great, and it's even, even now in Chinlock, there are so many great talents that were just on this last comeback show that could wrestle circles around me. Right. And that's not, that's not me being like, oh, poor me. It's more a matter of knowing what I'm good and what I'm not good at. What I am good at, in my own opinion, is getting the crap kicked out of me and selling, right. And, and selling that emotion of, oh, I'm hurt. 
and or or you know this is funny and I'm an idiot you know that kind of thing right I'm I'm good at at selling the emotion and selling the drama to an audience as opposed to you know doing you know flippy dippy stuff and and doing cool moves which have just as uh, I mean those are those are also staples of wrestling but I mean there there takes a little bit of everything to be on a card right it's like watching it's like going to a rock concert right like if you go see three days grace in concert right they're not going to play all their big hits all at one time you know all their big up-tempo hits all at one time they're going to play a few up-tempo hits and then they're going to break it down a little bit so you can stop and catch your breath and you as an audience member can kind of take everything in and then they're going to play some more hits right and that's to a degree how a wrestling show is played out how I play into that rock show metaphor is, you know, again, I, I, I feel like I'm kind of like the opener, right? Like I'm, I'm the guy that's there. It's like, Hey, you know what? You're at a wrestling show. You're going to have a good time. You know, I'm here to entertain you by acting like an idiot and acting like this guy's that, like this guy just took my head off. Enjoy the rest of the show. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's always how I felt that I fit in. So, and, and I mean, it's the same as you, you see, there are, there are legendary job guys like Barry Horowitz, for example, Barry Horowitz is not known for for anything except for for jobbing out the guys, but he did such a great job of that that he's well known for it, right? Um, there there are there are tons of guys who have made livings off of that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I, I just think that it's 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 easy to find if you know what you are capable of in some ways, and you focus on how you can bring something not just to wrestling this could be any project what you bring to the table in terms of something creatively then it makes it a lot easier for the blanks to be filled in around that right so it's like okay well danny franchise we know he's going to be a guy that we can put out there and he's going to get a few laughs and you know he'll get his he'll get his butt kicked and and everyone will laugh and then we'll put on you know matches like mccray martin who absolutely is stunning and you know, like had a, had a fantastic match with Zach Patterson the other night, you know, like it it takes all sorts of different, it takes different strokes to rule the world. The world does not move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right for some. You take the good, take the bad, take the rest. Then you have my statement on that matter. I like it. I like it a lot. I think really at the end of it, no, no, that's great. I think at the end of it, that's a really beautiful sentiment to know that you're, you know that, okay, I'm an entertainer. Like Mm -hmm. that's just having gotten to know you over the last little while. Like you are just a fun, entertaining guy Mm -hmm. and you know, that's what you bring to the table. And it's, it's cool to hear that you are very mindful of that, but also something very cool happened that I I, I did mention uh, a little earlier in your intro. As we are recording this a couple of weeks ago at Chinlock Comeback, you had, I think it's safe to say, arguably the biggest moment of your wrestling career. Oh, 100%. In which you defeated <laughs> not even Jesse Mack <laughs> to win the Kale Murphy Memorial Championship. How Word. did that feel for you, man? Uh, the It's it's really weird because I, I, I explained it to my wife. And I kind of said, look, my wife is not really a big wrestling fan. She she doesn't really, you know, I'll be like, oh, my God, sweetheart, I get to work so-and-so this time. And, and she'll be like, yeah, sure, that's great. That's yeah. nice, dear. Yeah, precisely, right? I get but, 
you know, I was trying to explain it to her because at the end of the day, as I said, right, like at the end of the day, what we do is entertainment, right? These belts are not, um, these belts are not titles, pal. They're not exactly yeah, titles. Yes, I'm just kidding. (laughs) These belts are not, you know, indicative of actual wrestling talent or actual wrestling ability, right? right? It it is, (laughs) it is a worked show, but when somebody puts a title belt on you it's 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 short of so it's to a degree showing that you're someone that can at least be relied on to an extent and again we're talking about independent wrestling so we're not talking about rocket science here but but you know it's it shows that in my case all right let me back up a little bit so i didn't know that i was winning the title until about three hours before showtime um I walked into the venue and, and, you know, said hello to everybody and all that. And, you know, finally got to see Justin and Justin looked at me and he said, hold on one second. He goes, walks off. He's like, you stay right here. He goes and walks off and he goes and gets Jan Murphy and him and Jan start walking back towards me. And I get the old head nod, you know, like go that way. And, you know, they, they told me, it's like, all right, well, we're putting the Cal Murphy Memorial title on you tonight. And you're going to be working with Spencer Rice, which I popped just as much for the Spencer Rice thing (laughs) as I did the title (laughs) thing, because I'm a big fan of Spencer Rice. Um, So I get, and and through this whole time, like I knew, obviously I was working Jesse for the title, which that alone was huge for me. Cause I mean, uh, Jesse Mack in, and again, I'm not just trying to blow smoke up anyone's ass, but like, she's, in my opinion, one of the best wor- women's workers in Ontario right now, right? I mean, there's a lot of great women's workers out there. Uh, uh, again, beautiful Bia, CC Moss, uh, Nova up north. She's doing great. There's tons and tons of women I can shout out. Alexia Nicole. Um, but sh- Jessie is so unique in that she she's able to like I, I guess, I guess the one regret that I have with the match with Jesse Mack is that I wasn't, I felt I didn't do a good enough job of showing how dangerous she is, right? Like that, that promo that I cut where I'm like, she's been head first through glass, like that wasn't, like that's for real, like that, you know. And I'm, I, I respect Jesse a lot for for having the guts to do stuff like that, first of all, and again just she she's a great worker and, and she's a great talent so i i've been looking forward for a long time to working with her so i mean that alone was enough and then when that all happened so when you know the bell rang three and and that was it my first thought was holy shit am i ever tired um like there's nothing i was like <laughs> i had worked on cardio so hard like for the past like two months going into this match because i'm like i just don't want to gas out man like five minutes in and that's exactly what happened because cardio is like you could do all the cardio in the world it's not like taking bumps and running around and doing all this crazy stuff it's not the same thing right so first thought was oh my god i like thank god i didn't completely die um it was really strange because again in in i had given up on my own mind in the thought of ever holding a title. I'm like, this is not going to happen. I'm, I'm just not that guy. There are tons, tons, tons of other people that I would book with a title before booking myself with a title, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Um, so it was, it was a huge shock. Um, honestly, as you said, easily the greatest moment of my career, probably one of the top moments of my life. Uh, man, it's, it's, 
again, it's it's independent wrestling, and at the end of the day, it, it's it's a it's a title belt that that you know doesn't really again doesn't represent anything you know in terms of like actual strength. But to me, it's 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 a really cool thing that I get to be a part of something like that. At the end of the day, is is I think the best way of putting it. Well, that's beautiful, man. And I mean, it's it's such a I, I love that belt. I think it's it's a beautiful belt, and the legacy mm-hmm. of that belt is something that yeah. I think is and is sorry, super important. Yeah, and that's something else I should I, I failed to mention that I really should. I, I don't I take the fact that Jan chose to put a title on me that represents his his late brother. Like I, I take that very seriously. You know, like that's obviously a, a, a token that is is very close to him. So to have me represent that uh, again is 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 very heartwarming to me and and i hope i i hope i do well with that and i mean i'm sure you will i'm I'm looking forward to seeing you with that first title defense but i i do have something that uh that i i do have to ask about yeah, as right. a fan of yours um yes spencer rice you know very <laughs> You know, I mean, obviously, Kenny versus Spenny. Come on, you know, yeah. who doesn't love that? But um, <laughs> Spenny is 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 not necessarily the kind of guy I would expect you to uh, to align yourself with. But we did see before the match him come out and at you as his latest client. What's 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 up with that? What's your reasoning for uh, kind of shacking up, so to speak, with Spenny? Well. <sighs> I'll be honest, and so I'll give you I'll give you the 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 kayfabe answer, and I'll give you the real answer. The kayfabe answer is Danny Franchise sees the good in absolutely everybody, and uh, Spencer Rice is a celebrity. Okay, so that means he has to be extra good. There's no way he could do anything that would be construed as mean, or you'd end up on the TNZ, and you can't end up on that because then your career's over. You get canceled. You can't be canceled. That's how that how careers end these days. So he's not going to do anything too mean, right? I, I hear that he did the hairspray thing to Jesse Mack. I didn't see that, man. She she like gave me a DDT. My bell was wrong and all that. Like it's not like if that did happen. Like I'm sorry. I'm happy to give Jesse Mack a rematch, right? Like, I mean Spencer, right? Like he's a good guy. He can't do anything too bad because he's a celebrity. Uh, that's the kayfabe answer. The real answer is, frankly, I don't know, but I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest again the way they told it is just like okay spencer's you know spencer's gonna be a heel he's gonna be a bad guy but like i'm kind of the unwitting baby face right which i mean again with the danny franchise gimmick i think works to a degree right i'm kind of a it, yeah dipshit you know so <laughs> you know i, I think it, well right well i mean at the end of the day it's it's you know <laughs> i i do kooky weird things that some people don't understand and again i see the good in everybody even if you're not very nice to me danny franchise is cooler than the other side of the pillow so you know from from that perspective you know it's it was how do i put this it was kind of put together last minute i think but i don't give a shit because because <laughs> it was a cool thing for for me to experience and i i mean again i think we'll We'll, we'll be able to get that over. It was you only have a certain amount of time to to cut a promo and say, okay, here's what's going on before people start to lose interest, right? So, hopefully, from here on in, we'll uh, 
we'll, we'll get a bit more we'll be, get a bit more clarity about precisely how Spencer Rice is impacting my everyday life. Okay, interesting. I'll be I'll be definitely keeping an eye on that, and I'll have to report back to everybody because I'm uh, I'm curious on that. But uh, what is the best piece of I? It, it's I think it's pretty well known, even for the most average wrestling fan, that kind of the the car rides, you know, traveling <laughs> the roads, working the territories, brother. That stuff. Yeah. Obviously, that is yeah. not as much of a thing nowadays. But I know for a fact that you have had some long car rides uh, mm-hmm. in, in your career. Yeah. What's like the best piece of car ride advice you've ever been given by a veteran of any kind? <sighs> Depends on who you're asking. If you're asking big Shug, he'd uh, give you a very inappropriate answer that even I refuse to say on the air because like, even for me, that's crossing a line. Um, okay. we'll, we'll call it the trucker special. And we'll leave okay. it at that. That's okay. I got uh, it. Yeah. I know what, see, um, I know what you're talking about from that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, always, again, just be, first of all, don't be a dick. Always pay your gas money. Always, you know, offer to help wherever you can. Um, and yeah, just then definitely don't fall asleep in the car. That's a big thing you don't do. Well, I mean, especially if you're driving. Don't do that. (laughs) No, but that's 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 a you know if if you fall asleep in the car, it's it's a thing where it's like, well, what now? People are too boring for you. Everyone else can stay awake. The driver has to stay awake, but you get to sleep. Even you know, so that's that's a big note. Especially on the on the way home, that gets hard. Like when you're doing, uh, uh, like we did a trip from uh, Brooklyn, Ontario, which is like kind of north of Whitby, I guess ish. and it was well, it was back to Kingston at the time, so it's about an hour and a half. But I mean, we were leaving at eleven, eleven thirty. So by the time you're by the time you're close to Kingston, you're on the four hundred one. It's like you've been going the same speed, and like you're getting lulled into this nice you're sleep. Tired. You're like, yeah. No, I can't fall asleep. They're gonna, you know, uh, the Adam Keaton because he's an asshole. Um, one time <laughs> now, Adam Keaton. I for anybody who doesn't know, he he is legit my best friend. Like, he, yes, of course. He, I I grew up with the guy, and and I love him like a brother. Um, but uh, I fell asleep in the car one time, and I forget who else. I think it was myself. Adam Keaton was driving. I think it was myself, Catalyst, and I want to say uh, a new guy was there. Uh, Matt Oliveira, aka Last Matt Standing, uh, also another great. Uh, digital artist shout out Dave or digital arts shout out uh last Matt standing um <laughs> uh and I fell asleep in the back and what they did was whoever was in the front which I think was catalyst slapped the dashboard as hard as he could and at the same time Adam swerved the car and then everyone in the car screamed at the top of their lungs like they just hit something oh, no. so <laughs> So of course I, oh, oh, what the fuck, you know, like freaking out and shit. And by that point, everyone's laughing at me. So that's what kind of shit happens when you fall asleep on a pro wrestling road trip. Don't do it. That's not even close to the worst thing I've heard. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I mean, that's just some good advice for long car rides too. Don't fall asleep. If yeah. someone is driving and you fall asleep in the passenger seat, like, like, come on, man, like. <laughs> Don't just don't do that because the guy true. who's driving can't fall asleep. Oh, I'll, I'll do that when my wife is driving. <laughs> well, that's different, you know. My my, if we're on a long, the wife will fall asleep, and I'm like, that's cool. I don't mind that, you know. That's yeah, like, yeah. If I was riding with, with y'all, boys, I wouldn't fall asleep. Yeah. No, that's a, bit, I mean, that's a different story. If Danny Franchise and TJ Hodder are making towns, you know, we're not <laughs> we're 
not gonna. If we're making towns, towns, there's something fucking wrong with the Where promoters of those towns. Yeah, what the fuck? Why is TJ making towns with Danny Franchise? What the hell? Well, I'm showing up Danny Franchise t-shirts. That's why I'm making the town. That's be serious. Oh God. That's good. A couple other things I wanted to I wanted to make sure we, we touched on before I let you go here. Mm-hmm. Um so I know just from speaking with you that you're also a really big music guy and a mm-hmm. very talented musician. Uh, thank you. Uh was music or wrestling your first passion and how do you kind of divide time up between your passions because i'm someone who i find that you know like this podcast is my main hobby and passion but i find it takes a lot of my time that i have to do my hobbies and music has kind of taken a bit of a back yeah uh, backburn for a long time did you have any advice for kind of you know giving your time up how do you do it yeah yeah for a long time so to answer your first question i i music came first right i I was immersed in in all sorts of different music from from a very young age and i started singing when i was about five six years old excuse me and that uh you know parlayed into acting and musical theater i went to school for musical theater all that kind of thing so music did come first but and this is before I could, again, this is before I could really understand exactly what that meant, but I very much equated wrestling and music together a lot, right? Again, you could look back to, as we were talking, the Ruthless Aggression era, where they used very specific bands and very a very specific genre of music to advertise their pay-per-views, right? Like if you look at that string of like pay-per-views from like late 2002 to early 2004, you got bands like Seether and like... um friggin' uh, uh, I think Three Days Grace did a theme for them once. Uh, like all, all those bands like that, like, you know, kind of hard rock, Theory of a Dead Man, that kind of thing, right? Like those kind of bands, they would Saliva. all... Exactly, right? So like, yeah, man. I would go, like, like I would go and find new music based off of wrestling. And then through that, my enjoyment of wrestling would become even more so because the music behind it was something that I was interested in. You see what I mean? And then it kind of fed off of each other that way, you know, and I think that's another important part of, of pro wrestling in general, right. Is, is entrance music and, and music in general in, in the sense of professional wrestling, but so important. Yeah. It's, it's, well, I mean, yeah, again, you look at people like ultimate warrior who without entrance music, his act looks a whole lot different because oh, like yeah. it just looks like a crazy man running around screaming, but you hear that dun, 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 dun. It's a lot different. It's a different atmosphere, you know? It, it makes a huge, huge difference. Stone Cold Steve Austin without that glass breaking. Precisely. I don't right? know, it's, man. It's Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you could, you could sit here all night and point out guys, you know. Yeah, Bret Hart without that, that guitar squeal at the start, right? The yeah. Bleh, you know. Yeah, it's a whole different thing. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Do you have a a favorite uh, wrestling theme song? Wow, that was not what I was expecting. You see, that's a tough one because again, it's like in terms of how it fit their their gimmick, or just in terms of how badass it sounded. Because again, you, you can come up with different answers. Let's go with just badass overall. The first time you heard it, you were just badass like, overall. The first time I heard it, okay unpopular opinion dan severn's theme uh dan the beast severn from 1998 he used this like it was like this generic theme but it just sounded like something uh, i mean it was exactly what it was it sounded like someone was gonna come in and beat the shit out of you and it was and that's exactly what is i mean dan severn he didn't last very long in the wwf unfortunately but he was one of the earliest ones where i'm like that this guy just sounds like he's going to hurt you 
Um, Ken Shamrocks is another good one. That's from a that great, same era. Uh, the fighter. Sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm looking it up cause I'd never heard, uh, I couldn't remember Dan Severance, but yeah, that's a great one. I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, yeah no, no problem. Theme. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but fighter. It's called, by the way, folks. You, look it up you, on, you will, uh, yeah, there you are, fighter. I think it showed up on one of like the the anthology gimmicks that yes. they released. Yeah. Uncaged. Yes, uncaged. A bunch of yes. Jim Johnson themes. Yes. Which, yeah. yeah. Again, Jim Johnson. If I want to, if I that's probably if I had ten people. If I had a list of 10 people who I'd want to sit down and have a beer with, he might be on that list. Because oh, that, that's right. the guy's influenced me a lot. Like he he created all this music that again I, I identify with in a lot of different ways. Yeah, it's funny how that works. But yeah, uh, Dan Severn, uh Ken Shamrock, that was a really good one. Hollywood Rock, uh, when Rock turned heel, and it was like the exact same thing, but the exact same theme, but just slowed down and sounded way better for whatever reason. I don't know how they did that, but that was badass. Yeah. Ooh, awesome. and that one uh, Steve Austin theme that he had for like two weeks during the invasion. Um, it wasn't uh, like it had like the glass shatter. It was a different glass shatter. It's like dun 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 Yeah, it was like a almost like a double time type thing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That was badass too. That's awesome. Definitely some some fantastic choices, man. Well, it, it's kind of a staple thing. I always uh, I always like that. I mean, I, I haven't interviewed a ton of professional wrestlers. It's something I'm going to start doing more of now because I love yeah. professional wrestling so much. But definitely a, a staple question. I always make sure I like to ask. What <laughs> Did is, you know YouTube oh, sorry, at one of the sorry YouTube at one of these days? Type O negative uh, did a theme song for Kane, and they never used it. But it's so goddamn heavy and I'm going to look this up right now while we're on the air yeah, because it's like I, typo negative cane theme. Or, but it, it is type rad. O negative cane theme song. Okay. I, I forget what they called it. But you know. type O. Literally, <laughs> I typed in type O and the second thing that came up is type O negative cane theme. There you go. Because of oh Google. Out, so of out, of right, of fire, out of the fire. Out of the fire. Out of the fire here. Yeah, let's, let's listen to it here. I'm, 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 unfortunately, I can't play it, oh, obviously, okay. folks, ah. but. Oh, I see. Okay. Some like throat singing happening, tribal drums. <laughs> There's the piano. Oh, geez. Right? That is some heavy. He- okay, that's guys right? go look this up. Typo well, negative out of the fire Kane's theme. Yeah, and it was that it came awesome. out. This was I think it was like right as he was um I think this is right as he like did the unmasking thing, right? Okay. And they were because like they were supposed they were selling him as like a literal monster, right? Like he's gonna like murder everybody now that everybody's seen his real face and they haven't for four years, right? Because he was burned into fire by his brother. The Undertaker, which is somehow one of my favorite storylines of all time, despite it being the stupidest storyline of all time. Let, let's um, not even get into that right now because we'll be here like for, for two or three hours talking about that. Such a line. dumb fucking storyline, <laughs> um, but so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Look that up. Everyone else. Yeah, that's a fantastic one for sure. But uh, a staple question I would like to ask people here as we get ready to wrap up: Do you have? And I think I might know the answer to this, but I like to ask anyway. Do you have a favorite match that you have had that you can point to? Again, like I, the first, 
this is going to sound fun. Okay, so again, in, in terms of of importance to me, like this this match that I had with Jesse Mack, that's pretty near the top, right? Of course. Um, I had this is I had a match with Taylor, uh, who now wrestles as Madman Taylor. He's one half of Freak Nation. I had a match with Taylor um, at PCW. This would have been I think 2011 ish. Um, I was still green as goose shit. I I like I I was having a hard time with like taking an arm drag properly. Right, like there were I, I was still learning li- quite literally learning the ropes. Right. And uh, uh, Madman Taylor is like, okay, you know what? Let's just do it this way and follow me. And and you know the holds that we're doing and you know the spots that we're doing. He's like, when I give you this DDT, sell it like this. Don't worry. I got your head. Sell it like that. And I swear to God, you'll be fine. That kind of thing, right? And we went in there and I've never felt more like it was, it was very crisp, You know, I didn't feel like I was working very hard. You know, I didn't feel like I had to force myself to take the bumps or to, you know, get into the positions that I needed to get to or, or, you know, make make sure my footing was right or anything like that. It just, it was very smooth. And it wasn't, I mean, in terms of a match, it was a pretty standard, you know, wrestling match, an indie match. You don't have to do a ton out there and, and it was fine. But in terms of, I guess, a confidence booster, that was a pretty good one. Um, again, the match I had, it was only my second match, but the hardcore match I had was CJ felony. Like that was really cool for me. Cause like, it's a hardcore match, which I I'm, I'm a huge, uh, hardcore and, and death match fan. So having that experience was, was really cool for me. Um, what else? Yeah. I, I had a triple threat with, um, Sean McMillan and Adam Keaton once, which that's probably, that's one of my favorite matches in, in my heart just because Adam Keaton, again, is my best friend. And I think that's the only time I've ever actually gotten to work him. But uh, yeah, that one was fun as well. I, I don't, I tend not to, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm too hard on myself, but I don't like to look back at stuff and be like, oh, well, this was good and this was not good. Because usually it's, this is not good. And then it goes downhill from there, you know. There's usually very little, hey, you know, this was good. And the rest is, you know. That's fantastic, man. Definitely some great choices in there, Danny. It has been an absolute pleasure getting to chat with you and shoot the piece with you for the last little bit. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Oh man, thank you. I, I appreciate you having me on again, man. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I'm on the the esteemed hotter show, sir. You know how yes. like a, this is the first podcast I've done that wasn't by like one of my immediate best friends or someone who doesn't like me. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody doesn't like me. <laughs> is that the same person? Let's be real. Well, oh, maybe a little call me, a little call me. <laughs> Well, the pleasure was all my man. I was looking forward to this a lot as well. Where can the good people find Danny Franchise if they want to follow you on social media? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Facebook, I have uh, uh, Danny Franchise fan page on there. There's also uh, someone made a Danny Franchise like actual fan site. If you can find that, that's great. I'm sure there's a link on the actual Danny Franchise page somewhere. Uh, Twitter, at Franchise Wrestles. I never check it. Instagram at franchise check uh, wrestles. I never check it. My wife set them up for me because she's an advertising guru and I haven't done shit to promote myself. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's it. All right, Danny. Thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, TJ. Much appreciated, man. All right, folks. If you didn't know, 
Now you know. <laughs> Thank you so very much for tuning in to my chat with Danny Franchise, the newly crowned Chinlock Wrestling Kale Murphy Memorial Champion. That was a lot of fun. I knew it was going to be a good time with Danny, but uh, I always love talking wrestling. Wrestling is was really one of my first loves, music and wrestling, man, and it was great getting to to shoot the breeze about some wrestling. And Danny also, as you heard at the end there, is a big music fan as well. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll maybe see Danny come back on again sometime to talk about some music maybe in the future. Putting him on the spot a little bit saying that, but uh, let's make it happen, Danny. Come on, brother. Let's get it. <laughs> Be sure to check him out on social media. I do have the link down below for his Facebook. Support Danny Franchise because he is a wonderful dude and a very entertaining professional wrestler. Thank you so very much for tuning in to this episode. It means the world to me. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a rating. Five-star ratings help this podcast grow and make it so that more people can discover this podcast and can enjoy fantastic chats with people like Danny Franchise. And if you want to support the show a little more, check us out on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow us there at The Hotter Show. If you have a comment or you would like to be on the show or you have someone you would like me to interview or you just want to say hi, you can also hit me up anytime at thehardershow at gmail.com. Drop a line. Let me know. Always love to hear from you guys and have conversations about pretty much anything. And I'm always looking for, for fun and exciting guests to have here on the show for a fun conversation. And if you're feeling like, you know what, I really like this Harder Show guy. I want to go a step further and support him even more. I wonder if there's something I can do. There is. You can consider, of course, checking out the Harder Show Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash the Harder Show. Become a hothead today and get some fantastic benefits like the Patreon exclusive podcast, which I am getting ready to launch the next episode of. The Tapes of Trepidation, which is my horror narration podcast exclusively for my patrons. You also get fun behind the scenes content as well as live streams and content on Discord as well. I did forget to mention the Discord too. If you have Discord, hit me up. Hotter Shirt on Discord. Come join us. But if you want to join the ranks of my hotheads, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month and that will get you access to all of the behind the scenes content and everything and if you join at the five dollar or more a month tiers you will get access to the exclusive patreon podcast and once i hit my goal of 100 dollars a month which i am not that far away from i think i'm i'm like 30 dollars a month away right now from 100 dollars a month so eh, now is the time to join because once i hit 100 dollars, everyone who's a patron is going to get a pretty significant discount on merch. And then from there, anyone who is a $10 patron is going to regularly get discounts on merch. And who knows, if I hit $100, I might you know, I, I might feel, uh, feel a little extra generous and maybe give some stuff away. Who knows? But you got to be a patron when I hit that $100 a month. Just like my current patrons, my hardheads, which I, of course, have to give a shout out to because these are my peeps. We, of course, have my man, Mr. Scotty D, the OG patron. He's been a patron. Well, he was one of my first patrons way back in the day when I first launched a Patreon in like 2018. But he has been a patron 
of this uh, incantation of the Heart of Show Patreon since 2019. And he's been one of my dearest friends since like, frig, like 2005, I think. No, even earlier than that, man. I don't even know. I've known Scott for a long freaking time. He's been a big supporter. Scott, thank you so very much, my brother, for all of your support. You know how much I love you. And I owe you a big old bear hug. Of course, a humongous shout out to the Grey Rooms podcast. What, what can I say about the Grey Rooms podcast that I haven't already? They're the best horror audio drama podcast in the world. Go check them out. Check out their Discord. Follow them on social media. Leave them five-star ratings. They are amazing, and I cannot say enough wonderful things about the Grey Rooms community and the Grey Rooms team. Humongous shout-out to Jason, Brooks, Cassie, everybody. Just everybody involved with the Grey Rooms. I absolutely love the Grey Rooms. Of course, a big shout-out to Ronan Kumori. You can find Ronan hanging out usually uh, over on the Horror Show Discord, sharing some badass music. Ronan's going to be uh, coming on the show sometime, too, to talk about some of his favorite records. So very much looking forward to that. Ronan, thank you so very much for your support, my brother. You know how much I appreciate it. We have Wolf Delta Pi, who is not only a badass uh, aspiring voice actor, but also is a wonderful dude. You can also find him hanging out over on the Horror Show Discord as well. Wolf, thank you so very much for all the support, brother. You know how much I love you and appreciate you. We have Eric Phones, who is a, another badass aspiring voice actor. And let me tell you, great dude. I love all my patrons, of course. And Eric also has a badass beard. So keep working on that beard, brother. I'm looking forward to seeing that thing uh, in, in, you know, in the next few months. It's already looking fantastic. Eric, thank you so very much for the support, brother. You know how much I appreciate you. And last but not least, we have Mr. Arthur Unk, the lead writer for the Grahams podcast. Arthur, I mean, come on, buddy. You know I love you. Let's let's, let's be serious. Arthur was on the podcast not too, too long ago, and it was a fantastic conversation. I do employ you guys to go check that out and check out the Grey Rooms, man. Arthur has done some amazing work with the last few episodes of the show. And their series finale, season finale actually uh, uh, is coming up uh, this Friday. And <laughs> I'm very, very excited for that. Big shouts again to Arthur. Thank you very much for your support. And if you want a little shouts like that at the end of every single episode of the show, consider joining the Patreon as well as for all of the other wonderful benefits and to help this show grow. As this show grows and as my Patreon grows, I can do more cool things. So... Yeah, consider joining. If not, that's cool too. Just leave a like, leave a subscribe. That helps a lot as well. Those five-star ratings really, really help, especially if you're on the iTunes. It's not even iTunes anymore. The Apple podcast charts. It'll always be iTunes to me or on Spotify. Of course, it helps as well or whatever podcast app you're using. If you can leave a five-star rating, it will help. But with that, I'm ready to sign off here today. Thank you guys so very much. Again, you know how much I appreciate it. Going to leave you with the patented... I used to do an f- audio fist pump. Now I do an audio hug. Come on, brother. Bring it in. Brother or sister. Come on. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. Come on. This is what's happening. Just accept it. That's good. Ah, that's good stuff. All right. All right. Audio hug. Now we're all done here. So I will catch you next time right here on The Hotter Show. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>